Hey, it's Melinda, and welcome to the Kavana Podcast. The Hebrew word Kavana is all about living your life with intention. Each week, I'll be featuring someone who inspires me and lives each day with purpose. My greatest hope is that by listening, you too will be inspired to wake up every morning with intention. It all begins with you. This season on the Kavana podcast, we have sponsors. I am so excited to work with so many incredible companies that believe in me. And you know what? I believe in them too. And I am so happy that I get to feature them here. So first up this week's episode, we have Upscale Getaways, San Diego's premier Pesach program. Now, why are they a sponsor on the podcast? Because this is the program that I go to for Pesach. My family went last year and let me tell you, it is unbelievable. Believable. Let's talk camels and lamb roasting on a spit and the most amazing kids programs and a pool that only adults are allowed to go to. All of those and so much more. If you want to find out more about Upscale Getaways, go find them on Instagram at Upscale Getaways or you can reach out to me because I've been to the program. I'm going back this year and I've got a lot to say. I am so excited to be back on the Kavana podcast. Took a a little bit of a break here and decided to come back to you guys on my own. I'm not interviewing anybody today, but don't worry. We've got lots of incredible, incredible interviews coming up with some pretty amazing women who are living intentional lives in different ways. I've got, I didn't even know I was going to be making this into seasons. Turns out when you, uh, you start something and just kind of learn as you go that you figure out what works for you. And I've done a season one and now we're on to season two of the Kavana podcast. So welcome. If you are a first time listener, the Kavana podcast is all about teaching you how to live a life with intention. Here, I am featuring Jewish women who are living intentional lives. If you're someone who's living like that and wants to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. You can find me at The Real Melinda Strauss on Instagram. I think that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, so let's just get started. I, I guess I really wanted to start this season, and I've been wanting to do this for a while, by telling you guys my diabetes story. I have told it live a few times on Instagram, was able to save it once, totally didn't even know the other time that I could save it. And I feel like I'm always retelling it. And I thought, wow, if I could put it in a podcast, then I know that everyone will be able to hear it and everyone will be able to learn from it. And one thing that I feel is really special, I have type one diabetes. I got diabetes when I was 18 years old. I'll tell you the whole story. It's a crazy one, right? Sometimes people have like, okay, I was diagnosed and that's the end of it you guys aren't even ready for the story that's coming. If you've heard it before, you may even want to listen again, because I feel like every time I tell it, I tell it differently. Uh, But what I've learned through Instagram is that a lot of people are watching and a lot of people are listening and and they want to see what my life is like. As a type one diabetic, people have a child who is diagnosed or a mother or they themselves are a diabetic or maybe your best friend's a diabetic and you're like, what does this really mean? And one thing that's really special to me and that means a lot to me is when a parent reaches out and says, my child was diagnosed with type one diabetes and I look to you and see that you are living life and you are living a strong life and you are happy in this life and you live with this disease. And it makes me so happy to know that my child has a chance. And that to me, oh my goodness, more than anything else, I can't even tell you what that means. 
to really like, you want to send me messages and tell me these things, please send them over. I love messages through Instagram, through email. I, even my, my website, melindastrauss.com. I have a contact section. You can find me there. If you don't know where else to find me, you can find me here on the podcast. So, all right. I'm going to tell you guys the story. Uh, because basically I get a lot of questions. I get a lot. People want to know, like, how are you diagnosed? And did you have it your whole life? And what does that really mean? Do you have the bad kind of diabetes? That's one of my favorite questions. Uh, but basically you're, you're not born with diabetes and truthfully, there really is no answer to what causes it. There's a lot of different research going on and there's not really a concrete answer for type one diabetes. I do not produce insulin. That is the the biggest difference, I think, between someone who's type 1, someone who's type 2, and someone who's gestational, which means they have it when they're pregnant. Uh, I do not produce insulin. It is not anywhere in my body, from my toes to my, my fingertips to my brain, wherever insulin works, I don't have it. Super exciting stuff, right? Well, I grew up without it. I grew up just really regular. I grew up in Seattle and I went to camp in New York and I just remember running around and living life and never having to worry about what I was putting in my body food-wise and not really worrying about my health. You know, I, I, that's the truth about it. I really never thought one way or another, sure, I wanted to lose weight here or there for sure, but it was never anything more significant than that. And I went off to college when I was 18, I did not go to my year in Israel, which uh, a lot of, I would say a very significant number of religious Jewish men, are we men and women at 18? Sure. Why not? Uh, go to Israel for the year. I decided not to, I was going to Stern college, which is Yeshiva university in New York. And I felt like, you know what, honestly, (laughs) we're going to get real. Okay. I felt like if I'm going to Stern, I have, I'm I'm like in a Jewish school and it's almost like going to Israel. (laughs) I'd been a few times in my life and I just didn't feel like going for the year. Looking back now, I'm like so beyond thankful that I made that choice. But at the time, it really was just the choice that I made. I went freshman year to Stern, living in New York City, and I moved to New York. And all of a sudden, I start losing weight. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. You know, I mean, everything in my life had changed. I was walking everywhere. I was really stressed out because freshman year of college, hello, trying to figure myself out, trying to find friends, coming from... Seattle and not going to school with a lot of people that I knew. And I, I don't know, I made this decision to, to, to like try something totally new and different. And it was so, it's such a big experience, but it was also really, really stressful. So here I am losing weight, sleeping a lot. Um, if any of you know anything about diabetes, you're already like, hello, but I knew nothing about diabetes. And honestly, in school, we never learned about it. We never learned about diabetes. So what would I know? So here I was, okay, I was sleeping. I slept through so many classes. I slept all the way through a Shabbos. I would literally go to sleep Friday night and wake up when Shabbos was over. But I was a freshman in college, so it made sense to me. I was drinking a lot. I mean, I could have owned stocked in water, stock, stocked, what is that about? Stock in water bottles and orange juice and apple juice. I had, I just couldn't stop drinking and I was eating so much food. I remember drinking Frappuccinos every day for lunch. Super healthy, right? Frappuccinos, I would eat like a few slices of pizza. I would, I just, I actually have in my memory one night where I just kept eating and eating and eating and I was losing weight. I thought this is so cool. Is this what happens when you move to New York and start walking everywhere? Maybe my metabolism changed. That was 
that was, so I, I guess I moved to New York for school. When is that in September? Is that when we usually go? It doesn't really matter somewhere around there. Uh, so September, no, it was August because September 11th, 2001, uh, we all know what happened on that day. I was a freshman in college for that, literally living not so far away. That was pretty crazy. And uh, let's see. Okay. So it's September, October, November, December. That is four months. You should see me here. I'm counting on my fingers. I'm like a child. And it was new year, not new year's. It was Christmas Eve. It was, I had gone to my sister for the weekend. Oh my gosh. Backtrack Mel. Come on. It's really hard to focus when it's just you by yourself. <laughs> There's nobody to talk to. It's just me talking. So I'm really good at that. I think, uh, <laughs> hello, Mel. Stay focused. My husband for sure right now is listening, going, Mel, focus, Mel. All right. I went for Shabbos to my sister who lived in Riverdale. I remember getting on the bus and I would have these issues where I would constantly have to go to the bathroom. I would have to pee all the time. And I didn't understand what was going on. And it was like, I was losing my mind with it. So I remember before I got on the bus, making a decision, I'm not going to drink anything because it's like an hour ride to get there. And I felt like if I'm going all the way to Riverdale and I have to pee on the way, I am screwed. So I didn't drink anything. I actually think I had a little sip of, of some like coffee and I get on the bus and I'm fine. And probably I can't even say maybe 10 minutes into the bus ride. I'm like, uh Oh, okay. I have to pee. I'm going to be okay. I'm gonna be okay. And we're driving and we're driving. And I legit start calling my sister. I'm like, Francine, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pee myself. <laughs> I'm just, we're being TMI here, but it's how I felt. I was freaking out by myself on this bus calling my sister. She's like, you can't get off. There are certain areas on the way to Riverdale that are not so safe. She's like, you cannot get off by yourself and just walk into a building and go to the bathroom, hold it in. So we're, we're on our way. We're almost into Riverdale. We're about to turn this corner. And a woman gets off the bus. It's, the stops are starting to come in. A woman gets off the bus. She trips and she hits her, set, her head on a brick wall and goes unconscious. And I'm like, what, what is happening? And, and I, I should have been worried for the woman, but all I could think of is, oh my God, I have to pee. And we're, they had to call another bus because of course this woman's unconscious. We can't just, the bus can't leave. <laughs> so they had to call another bus. And I walked to the front of the bus and I'm like freaking out. And there are these two sweet little old women. And I say to them, I'm like, guys, I don't know what to do. Is there anywhere that I can go to the bathroom? And they said to me, go around the corner. There's a building right there. You can't really go inside. It's an apartment building, but there's a garden and you can use it as your bathroom. And I was like, okay, done. I've, ne I've never done anything like this in my life. And I went around the corner and in somebody's garden, I, um, I went to the bathroom. I peed in someone's garden. Oh my gosh. Wow. We're really going there. Get to my sister's for Shabbos. I tell her the whole story. Of course she's laughing at me because we're like, we don't know what's wrong with me. We just thought I really had to pee. I mean, I think it's insane looking back, but we laughed it off. Super embarrassing. Nobody caught it. I'm sure there were cameras, whatever. They can enjoy it. Uh, over the weekend, I remember my mouth being really, really dry. And on Sunday morning, I remember, remember the feeling of eating a bagel and not being able to swallow even a bite and having to drink water with the bagel in order to get it down. Oh, the bagel. Thinking back now, it's like, I keep saying that, but thinking back and going, Mel, that bagel could have killed you. And it didn't. And thank God it didn't, but it could have. So I went back to my, uh, my apartment or my dorm room and 
I remember I was sitting on the bed drinking, or I was just like chilling. And all of a sudden my eyes started twitching and my uncle's an eye doctor. So I call my mom and she calls him and he's like, you know, she's probably just stressed and it was getting to finals time. So we didn't think anything of it. It's twitching. It's twitching. It's twitching. And suddenly my mouth is twitching. I'm calling my mom, my poor mom, all the way across the country in Seattle, worrying about me. She calls my sisters. One of my sisters was actually in an interview uh, at a restaurant because she was a pastry chef, still is. And she was at an interview and she actually left the interview because my mom called. She called a few times. And to my sister was like, if my mom is calling, this must be an emergency. She's like, you need to get to Melinda. You need to get to her. My other sister who was not able to get to me first was actually going to pick up, I think like a smoothie or something for me to calm me down. That would have killed me. So thank God everything worked out the way that it did. Uh, and it turned out by the time my sister got to me, I was in the bathroom washing my face. My mouth was twitching. My eye was twitching and my whole neck was twitching and I was crying in the bathroom. And I remember I had this pink Ralph Lauren towel and I was putting it up against my face and I'd locked the door and my sister knocks on my door and she's like, if you don't come out now, I'm calling Hatsala. And Hatsala is amazing and life-saving. But when you're living in the dorms and Hatsala is called, everybody wants to know your business. And we live so close to NYU Hospital. My sister's like, Mel, get your butt out here. So I took the towel, it was super wet on my face. We got in the elevator, pretended I had a toothache, and we took a cab to NYU Hospital. NYU Hospital was another story. Um, turn, you know, it was New Year. It was, I keep saying New Year's Eve. It was Christmas Eve and a lot of people were already off and I just had really bad service. I mean, these people were so mean. And I remember putting my towel, this is not the point of the story. It's just these memories are so sharp in my mind that I took the towel. She was asking me all these questions and guys, I was having seizures, okay? And she put, she's asking me a question. I put the wet towel down and she yelled at me because I put the towel on her papers, who she got a good yelling at later, by the way. So they finally take me into triage because I think my sister, she tells the story, this part I don't remember, had gone in and somebody came out freaking out. Like, why is, is this woman who's having seizures sitting in your office? Get her in. She needs to be like, whatever, uh, submitted, uh, submitted. I, what is the word for it? Nobody can even answer me now, but I needed to go in to the hospital to, so they could start doing all their checking and all the things that they do. <laughs> I remember them asking me questions and I would say to the, I would answer the questions. And then I'd say, hold on guys, one second. And I would have a seizure. Like if anybody's ever been in labor and between the contractions, you can speak and then the contractions come. This was like that but in my face and my neck. So eventually they, they, I don't know, gave me all the drugs and all the things and put me under and did some tests. And one of the tests was, I guess, to check my blood. And they confirmed that I had insanely, insanely high blood sugar. First thing they did was tell my sisters, they actually got really upset at them. How could you not tell us she has diabetes? And they were like, what are you talking about? They had no idea. We're like, what is diabetes? Um, so that was an interesting one because the first thing they thought is they must know because I don't know, I guess maybe my age. And yeah, these are all stories I hear from them. But I, I can't even play the guessing game with you guys because you're all out there listening right now. But a normal person's blood sugar, just on a regular basis, is anywhere from 80 to 120. Someone who has type 1 diabetes that's fairly controlled lives in the same range, can go up to 150, sometimes goes into the 200s when you know you eat a bagel, whatever, and it goes back down. My sugar was 1,040. It could have been a little bit different from that, but that number always sticks out in my head. 1,040. My sugar was over 
a thousand. If you are out there listening and you know what I'm talking about, you are freaking out right now. I know you are. I can't even see your faces and I know you're freaking out right now. Over a thousand. I spent four days in the hospital, never left my room. I just did not feel like leaving my room. Uh, but four days in the hospital because it took them that long to get my sugar into a controlled place. And they said to me, they said to me, you have diabetes. And I was like, what's that? Legit no clue. And I remember thinking when they explained it, wow, thank God it was me and not my my siblings. Because one sibling, Jessica, shout out, I love you, uh, cannot handle needles and faints. One of my siblings, you know who you are, I really thought would have like questioned God and gone completely off the way. And the other one, I don't know, she's the oldest, Francine, I love you. I just, I was so happy that it was me and not any of you that were diagnosed. Even now I look back and I go, what, what was I thinking that that's what went through my mind? I was so grateful even then before I understood what grateful really meant that it was me diagnosed with this disease and not somebody else. Um, So that's, that's really, that's where it all started. I will tell you, I I don't even know how much I lost. I don't remember. I don't know what I weighed when I moved to New York, but I was a double zero. I, I mean, then I, I thought I looked good, right? I look back again, looking back, but thinking about my mindset in such a terrible place to be so, 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 so skinny that I look sick and to be thinking to myself, yes, I look good. I look so good. I never want to go back to that. I lost so much weight. I was actually 114 pounds, which I still think is funny because some people at a double zero or a zero are a hundred pounds. And I was, I was much more than that. So I was 114 pounds. I remember that very clear. And I remember my endocrinologist, my first endocrinologist who I really liked in New York city. No, I do not remember his name. I'm so sorry for anyone who's interested and needs a connection. I don't have one, but I remember him saying to me, you're going to gain back weight really fast because the way you lost it was unnatural and you're going to be around 135 pounds. And I was like, excuse me, because then I was so tiny. It was like, woohoo. But it turns out even now living my life, 135, 140, anywhere in that range, I feel good. I'm thriving. I look great. It's like everything. He was right. So thank you, doctor, whatever your name was. I feel bad even now saying that. I cannot remember what your name was. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But I flew back to Seattle for a little bit and did lots of testing. And, you know, I, I really, I gave a lot of my blood for testing, but that was really the beginning of my diabetes journey. And I didn't go for anyone who has diabetes. Um, I did not go on a pump for, for many, many, many years until I was pregnant with Zach, with my son, who is now 11, because the doctors wanted me to be on a pump to be more controlled when I had him. So I switched over to a pump then. So I was pumpless for many, many years. And it's amazing because I think about now how much I refused the pump because I didn't want to be attached to anything. And I, I just wanted to use my needle and be done with it. Turns out I was, I just, I'm thank, thank God I went on the pump when I did because the control that I have over my blood sugar now is superior, far superior. So if you're out there listening and you're kind of curious whether you're a kid or an adult, whatever it may be, if the pump is right for you, please give it a shot. You never know what you're saying no to. Okay. So oh, that wasn't, that wasn't right. Don't say no. <laughs> Oh my God, I hope I'm making you guys all laugh right now. Here's the quote that I am in love with. I don't know if I made it up or if I heard it from somewhere else, but don't say no. Hmm. Even now I'm forgetting the quote. 
I, for myself, don't ever say no to something until I know what I'm saying no to. There we go. That was pathetic. That was, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get to what's always in my mind. But if you don't know what you're saying no to, how can you say no? So for me, it was finally, finally learning, Mel, come on, just do it, right? For my own health and my own safety, I went on the pump. I don't have question and answer here. I didn't even think to ask you guys if you have any questions for me. So I'm trying to think of the kinds of questions you've asked in the past, but really I think it's all, I would love for you guys to send me your questions and to go on to Instagram and be able to answer them and to continue this conversation because I want to say this, diabetes is nothing to be ashamed of. It's not, it is a disease and it is not in my control. It's not. And I know that so many people out there, and it's not just diabetes, but you have autoimmune diseases and there are things happening in your lives and you feel like you don't have control of your body and you feel like your body is, is broken. Your body is not broken. You are not broken. You don't have to be mad at your body. It is the, this life that you are living, there are things that are out of your control. So you can either be mad at your body or you can learn how to thrive with what God gave you. And I truly believe with my whole heart that whatever reason I have diabetes, it's here. And I'm going to do everything that I can with this life, even though I have this disease. It is not what controls me. And yeah, it is a pain in the butt. Every single day of my life is a new day with this disease. Every time I eat anything, it's a, what's going to happen? I don't even know, but it doesn't matter because it does not control me. I've picked the clothes that I pick out, boo-hoo, so I can't wear things that are super tight all the time because my pump sticks out. You know what? There are a lot of beautiful things that I could put on I, or I can wear my pump out. There are people who are totally cool with that. I like to keep it underneath my clothes. Fine. But find a way to live through your disease because it does not control you. I don't care what disease it is. Diabetes, and I'm told this all the time, is number, it is the number one most expensive chronic illness out there, by the way. So I feel really special about that. Thank God that I have insurance, although even my insurance can be tough sometimes. And oh my gosh, if you don't have insurance, please like do what you can. And if you know someone who doesn't help them in any way that you can, because I know that there are people out there who have to, and I have to do this with my test strips, who cannot use them as often as they want because insurance won't cover as much as they need. We can help each other. We can help each other so much. And I feel so strongly that even though I have diabetes and I share, it does not define who I am. But I know that if I don't share, then there are people out there who feel like they are alone and you are not alone. Whatever you are going through right now, it doesn't have to make you feel better that other people are going through it, but know that you are not the only one. And that whatever you need, there is someone else out there who can support you. You can live. You can live a really good, fun, like just amazing life, even with something that is weighing you down so heavily. Diabetes sucks. Having a pump sucks. I, I have to joke about it, but it's true. And if you're out there listening, you have this disease, you are not alone. You are not alone in getting frustrated when your pump breaks or when you run out of needles or whatever may happen or your doctor makes you come back after two months or makes you feel shame. 
for your numbers. And by the way, if that's what happens, go find a new doctor. I am telling you now, please go find a new doctor. There are really good ones out there that don't make you feel bad about yourself because I don't know, your sugar was up one day. But it doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. It doesn't make you a diabetic. Sure, I'm a diabetic. Great. That is not who I am. I am so much more than that. And you guys know that. And if I choose to live down in the dumps because I have this disease, because it was chosen for me, okay, what's my life going to look like? How can I help other people? What can I do in this life if I am sitting down in the bottom of a well, I don't even know what I'm talking about, depressed all the time because of my disease. And I am not saying that you cannot feel sad. Feel sad when you need to feel sad. Be frustrated when you're diagnosed with something. Heck yeah, you could be angry, but don't let it weigh you down forever. Feel the emotions, feel what you're feeling and then keep going and then feel them again and then keep going and feel them again and keep going. There is no, there is no right or wrong here. And I know that, but I also know that doesn't have to be so hard all the time. That it doesn't have to be the the way you live your life every second. I yes, I have disease. And it's a part of me. My body, my blood, everything that's working and not working, every step that I take, it's like that. My disease doesn't go anywhere. But I don't take every step thinking diabetes, diabetes, I have diabetes. No. I'm out there living. I had my entire day, that Kavana conference, right? My first Kavana conference, it was incredible. I made a choice to wear a sweater with pants instead of a dress because I'll tell you what, it is a lot easier to get to my pump when I need it, when I'm wearing a sweater versus pulling up my whole dress to get to my pump. So I made a decision on my wardrobe based on that. And then the rest of the day, I was there. I was present. Sure, my diabetes didn't go anywhere, but it didn't stop me from living my life. Oh my goodness. I just went off on that. Can you feel me? I just, it, it hurts me when I hear people talking about how angry they are at their bodies. It hurts so much to know that you're out there not living because of things you're suffering with. And I want you to know that you're not alone and that you can live this life. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really want you to reach out with questions. I am an open book, as you all know. <laughs> I am an open book. I share everything. And I want you guys to know that I am here for you and not just for diabetics. I'm here to answer your questions, to be a part of your community, to, to help you realize that this life can be lived a really powerful, strong life with intention. You have one life. And whether your life has disease in it or not, or, or whatever things are going through your life, because we all have things, it is your one life. You do not get another. So please, whatever you do, live this one to the fullest. Thanks for listening. And I hope today's podcast inspired you to take action. I always love to hear from you guys. What are you up to? What challenges you're facing? What are you celebrating? So head on over to Instagram and find me at the real Melinda Strauss and share what you're up to. And if you liked what you heard today and want more just like it, don't forget to subscribe to the Kavana podcast so that you get a notification every time I post a new episode.